Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Let's bow our heads for prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you with great thanksgiving that we can gather together and worship the King of Kings. Lord, we just ask that you would just descend on this place. Lord, that you would deal with each and every heart that's here this morning and those who couldn't be here that are listening from afar. Lord, that you just do a work. Stir new ground in our hearts, Lord, that we might have new understanding and a new revelation of your truth. I just pray for all of these prayer requests that we have, Lord. Lord, you know each and every circumstance. You are completely sovereign. We just give you the power, the praise, and the glory forever and ever in all that you do in each and every one of our lives, Lord. And we just ask for your hedge of protection around your people. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I want to go back to Acts this morning and pick up in chapter 5. And I'm going to start in verse 12. And, and don't misunderstand, I, I'm not saying that the first part of that is not important. It's very important. But I want to pick up in verse 12. And start there. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Isn't it funny how that just keeps coming back up? There's power, and I told you last week, there's such power that God can work through a church that's in one accord. And, and we're going to see evidence of that here this morning. Yet none, in verse 13, yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. You ever heard of any of those people? Those that are looking from the, from the back, but they don't want, they're afraid to step out there. And believers who were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. You say, man, wouldn't you like to see that? Wouldn't you like to see multitudes added to the church? Well, you've got to go back up there into 12 and, and get a hold of that one accord. For God to use us like He needs to use us, we've got to be in one accord. Now, I don't know what that looks like. How He's going to use us or, or what He's going to have us do. But I know that in order for us to be ready, we've got to be in one accord. We've got to stay in one accord. So that he can use that instrument to do his work. Verse, uh, I'm going to catch 14 again. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, 
and they were all healed. I'm going to tell you something. I know th this is a story that we've read time and time again. But the same God who performed that is still on the throne. And I believe that, that, that we will live to see things like what we're reading here in this Bible take place. I believe it with all my heart. And, and for some reason, God has been sharing me share with you this one accord. And I believe that is so that we will be ready. So that He can use us in whatever manner. I'm not saying there's going to be thousands show up here on the corner of Silk Stocking in 59. <laughs> rolling medical beds out here. I'm not saying that. But it's the principle. It's the principle that God's church must be all in one accord listening to what He would have us do. And, and each and every one of our personal lives, we're in the right fellowship with Him so that as a member of this body, we're where we're supposed to be. But I firmly believe that in my lifetime and in most of your lifetime, and not all of them, if not all of them, you will see some of this. Why would, why would we expect anything else? If we do, we thank God through healing people. No. Do we think that God is, is done with casting out demons in people? Do we think God's done with saving people? Absolutely not. If He was, we wouldn't be here. He'd have done took His church home. The work is not finished. And it's important for us to get a grasp of, of there's work for us to be done. Now, I'm not saying that there's work for us to get out here and physically be done, but I'm saying there's work for each of us in, in our personal lives and in our hearts to be, to be diligent in seeking Him and being ready for, for whatever He would have us to be. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Droves of people. They know, they know where the doctor was at, didn't they? Verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those who were with them came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. Now, I want you to take a close look here at Peter. Did, was he, did it say anything about him being surprised when the angel come open the door? We should not be surprised and listen, I fall into this too because human nature says all this, all this, that, that stuff in the Bible was a long time. That stuff don't happen anymore. That stuff doesn't happen. But I, I want you to understand we should not be surprised 
when we see God do things in people's lives that is obviously God. We should be looking for those things. We should be expecting those things. We should be anticipating God to do miracles in people's lives. Why would we not? I don't read anything in my Bible that tells me God stopped doing those things. I don't read anything in my Bible that, that says from such and such date, the church is just supposed to coast. But we fall into that trap, don't we? Don't we get complacent? I do. But, but I, I am convinced that as time goes on, we're going to get to see more and more of those things if we're ready, if we're looking for it, if, if we are in fellowship and the right relationship with God both personally and as a church. I, yeah, I had a thought. I missed you last week. He told them in 20, he said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, they've just been arrested, right? For doing that. But he said, go back and preach. Can you, I, I, if I can just imagine, I, can, I would have questioned it. <laughs> I'd been like, you sure? Do what? You want me to do what? But he said, go back. Okay, let me pick up in 22. But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Not only did they get out, but the guards that were standing by the doors didn't even know they'd left. Takes God, don't it? Not only that, but remember there's, there's a conversation that's been had between the angel and them, and they didn't hear that either. But they're gone with sealed doors. That freedom only comes from Jesus. That prison that each and every one of us are locked up in, for some, something that's got a hold of us in our life, that freedom from that prison only comes from Jesus. That only comes from a redeeming Savior that can free us from that. We all have a prison that we live in in some, some one way or the other. We all have things that, that, that bind our flesh and, and, and work on us and, and just torment us if, if we don't get shed of it through Jesus. If we don't let him take over and, and knock those walls down like we read about in Jericho. That's the only way to get free from those prisons. You say, well, I don't have any of those things in my life, preacher. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do because you're flesh. You're flesh. We all have them. They may not be huge, huge issues, but they're issues. One way or another. And the only way to get free from them is to lay them at the feet of Jesus. To surrender them to Him. And let Him tear down those walls. 
Verse 24. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. But that was a heck of a little meeting, don't you? How in the world did they get there? I thought they were in, locked up. Verse 26, Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people uh, lest they should be stoned. Now remember, they have a huge following going on. We've got a great revival taking place. They've got to they've got to go get them out of, go get them out of the courthouse square of the temple without a scene because there could be an uprising. Does that sound familiar? The same the same principle of darkness is working in our world today. It's doing everything it can to quiet the church. The same thing, just in a different means. But the workings of Satan right now in this world today is doing everything it can to quiet the church and quiet the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And they, go, they, they, they do all these little underhanded things to try to subdue it. They don't come right out and get it. Well, they're getting close. But they don't come right out with a microphone and say, we're fixing to crush the church. But instead, they do these sneaky little things that try to, and try to make it hard on the church to, to survive. Well, I got news for them. They'll never, they'll never end the church. They won't. They can make it hard. We may be meeting in places that we wouldn't even expect one day. But... God will come, will reign. But the same principle that, that we see here in this scripture is, is, is working just as, as diligent today to quieten the church and, and, and try to block the gospel of Jesus Christ going out as it, as it was right there. And we must recognize that. We must see it and be in tune to it. Because in order for us to overcome and not be scattered, that's where that one accord comes in. That's where that one accord comes in. And for us to stay focused on what God would have us to do and be like-minded in that we accomplish for Him and His glory what He would have us do. Because Satan would like nothing more than to come in here and scare everybody. That we just scatter and say, okay, 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 we get, the, we won't say another word. Well, don't scatter, because I plan to be out front. Amen. I plan to be out front, and I hope when I look over this shoulder, y'all are right there. Amen. I'm telling you, it's coming. Verse 27, and when they brought them. They set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with the, 
your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, Look here. We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. Let me tell you something. You, you have got to have that branded in your heart. You, you have got, as a child of God, that must be branded in our heart. That whatever the cost, we're going to follow God and not men. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered, by hanging on a tree. Now Peter starts preaching to him right here. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. I bet their eyes were big as that microphone in right there. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. That's no surprise, right? Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. Now, I want you to pay close attention here. Okay? Watch what happens. Then one in the council stood up a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside. He, he's, one of the, he, he's one of the establishment, so to speak. Okay? And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. He said, Now wait a minute. He said, let me give you a warning. Let, 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 let me just be devil's advocate here. He said, you need to think about this. And he goes on here to, to give them some examples. He says, for some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man... Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if, the, if the, this plan of the, for if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But it, if, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest you even found to fight against, lest lest you even be found to fight against God, he says. Now, listen. He said, "Let me give you a couple examples." He said, "I don't know. I'm not sure." He said, "But let you remember these other guys and what happened to them." He said, "If I were you, I, I would just watch out." You see. Back to the, the comment I made earlier. God is going to win. The Word of God is going to win. Satan will not, cannot, has never, never will overthrow it. And here you have a man that has some wisdom. 
some temporal wisdom, giving them a warning that, hey, I don't know if you really want to touch these guys. I'm not sure if they're really of God or not, but remember they got a bunch of people out there and, and I, I just don't think this is a fight you want. If it's not right, it, it will disperse of its own. But if it's of God, it's going to be, Katie, bar the door. Pretty wise, wasn't he? Pretty wise. But the spiritual discernment in him. You see, even lost people can discern God in you. People can drive on this road and know, hey, that, that's a house of God. That's a true house of God. Habits that place. Just like when they come in contact with you, they there's something that they spiritually discern about. He inhabits you. He lives inside you. You're different. And being different, you're protected. Being different, you have a power that they don't have. Being different, you have, a, you have a hotline to the throne. Being different, you have a different doctor. Being different, we are adopted into the kingdom of heaven. It's amazing to me how we take that, we, we, we just kind of, we don't act like that's that big a deal sometimes. We don't tap into that. Peter tapped into it. Let me tell you something from what I see in Peter. He was marching full force. He didn't ask any questions when the Holy Spirit told him, hey, go do this. Or when the angel said, hey, you go do this. He didn't question any of that. Because his relationship with God was was where it should be. There was nothing to question. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit speaking to him and working inside of him and living in him that he, the mission was clear. And the cost didn't matter. Are we there? Verse 40, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. They still got a beating, but watch here. Watch what comes next. This is the, what we're about to read next is the place that we have to be at. When, 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 our, when our relationship with God is where it should be, we can have the attitude that we're about to see right here so they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing listen rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name they just got a beating they just got out of jail and got a beating for preaching the gospel 
And after the beating, they got up to count it worthy to suffer in His name. Now that's not easy to do. But that is the place where we must get to. That is the place where we should be. That is the place that, that when, we, when we are in that right relationship with Him in our walk, and something, some, some kind of suffering comes on us, or circumstances, or, or ridicule, or persecution, that the first thing that, that pops to us is, praise Jesus. I see that, that I'm getting this persecution, or I see that these people are coming against me because I'm a child of God. And I count it joy. I count it joy that I can suffer in the name of Jesus. Because of what he suffered for me. That takes work. Because it's not our natural old flesh. We don't want to, we don't want any troubles, do we? Last thing we want is to be ridiculed or persecuted. The easy thing for us to do is to go turn and, and get away from it. Isn't it? It is for me. But to, to, to come to the place in our walk where we are so in tune with the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in our life and where He's got us and that, that, that fellowship and that relationship with Him is so alive and well and working that, that when I see the world coming against me, I can count it joy. No matter what it costs me. It's tough. It's tough. But it's so important. And I'm telling you, as, as, as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, those persecutions and, and things are going to come against His people. That's not some, something I've conjured up. Just read. Just look. Just see what God's Word has to say about it. We're told very clearly that that's, what, that's what's got to come to pass, aren't we? So it's even more important for us to be ready. To, to be where we should be. There's no more important time than right now than for each individual, each one of us, to make sure and to stay diligent in God's Word and to stay diligent in prayer to make sure that the, our relationship with Him is where it should be. Our obedience to Him and His, His, His Word should, is, is the uttermost important. Turn the television off. I've turned mine off for the most part. Every once in a while it's quacking it, a rodeo, but that's all I want. There ain't nothing else worth fit, fit for. What? I'm going to tell you something. There, there, is, there is great joy in turning everything off in your in your vehicle when you're in it and you're alone and just fellowshipping with God. It's hard it's it's hard for me to find alone time at home, but I'm in my vehicle all the time. Turn the radio off and I just me and God just talk all the way. Sometimes I don't even remember what I've drove by. There's protection. 
There's his hedge of protection. I'm in another world just talking to God. Praying for you. All kinds of things. It's critical. It's ever more critical that, that, that we make sure that our individual relationship with God is where it should be. And that we see when, when, when we make mistakes or, or, or we get off track, that we instantly, that that Holy Spirit communion that's going on reveals that to us and we repent. We repent quickly and get back in line. So they departed in the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Think, you think Peter was worried about what was going on with all them God haters? He didn't care, did he? He didn't care because he knew without a shadow of a doubt that his Savior had redeemed him, that there was a calling on his life, and that the mission was to preach Jesus, no matter the cost. Let me tell you something, folks. The things of this world, they're not worth paying any attention to. They're not worth paying any attention to. I was at the livestock show on and off all week. And <laughs> example after example after example I could give you of people who got the priorities wrong. Especially when you got your priority in a livestock show. But get fighting mad. Because they didn't come out on top in some kind of worldly event. The only event I care about being on top is Christ returns. All this can pass away. But that won't. Heaven will not pass away. An eternal relationship with God does not pass away. And I'm going to do everything I can to be ready. Everything I can to be ready. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these examples in Scripture. Time and time again, Lord, you, you've brought one accord out. And how it's so important for, for your church to be in one accord. Lord, it's we've got people all around us that, 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 that get hung up in this denomination, that denomination, this tradition, that tradition, when it's all just mess. The only thing that matters is our relationship with you. Our relationship with you and that we are being what you called us to be. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to work in this church. You would continue to work in these lives, Lord, that, that you would bring us to one accord. Complete one accord. Lord, that we were so in one accord that the Holy Spirit is just divinely interpreting one to another the needs of each other. I just pray for your protection. 
I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. Those who can't be here, Lord, over all of our prayer requests, I ask that you divinely and sovereignly complete your will. Lord, as we come into this week and, and remember Easter, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to stir people's hearts. Lord, that, that they really and truthfully understand what Easter's about. That, that true worship and adoration take place in each person's life in remembrance of the price that was paid on Calvary. I just ask that you would just continue to bless us, guide us and direct us, Lord, that we may completely and wholly give you the glory in all that we do. These things we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.